Consensus Unreality, which is a podcast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what we're doing. Technically, yeah. sometimes Technically, we're not it's, there, it's but a, yeah. No, it's a podcast, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're joined here today with Ellen Fan, um, a hypnotherapist, a musician, and an interested person in the occult. Um New age stuff. Anything else I'm missing there? Um, metaphysics, spirituality, new age uh, concepts. Yeah. Um, just pretty much everything. Good. I mean, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna make for an interesting talk today. Then, if I if I hit record, which I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess let's let's jump in. I mean, what I was thinking about um, in terms of this interview is. Like, I've always kind of been generally interested in, you know, new age and occult stuff, but uh, hypnosis is one that I don't really know too much about, like the mechanics of it still. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's still, it still kind of has that aura of like stage hypnosis and stuff, right? Which I'm sure like it is for a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yes, yes. So basically, Yes. So in society, we view hypnosis as more of like the stage show hypnosis or you see like, you know, like those guys on the street doing like street hypnosis. And a lot of people think it's kind of ridiculous. And it, it does look ridiculous. Like it's like people it's like, hi, you shake your hand all of a sudden they go under and all that. And um, that stuff is pretty legit. So people always question the validity of hypnosis. Does it work? And um, actually, part of the training I went to, there's a whole section dedicated to how to dispel myths and rumors and misconceptions about hypnosis, because it's a really powerful tool. Like I left my old career to study this and do it myself because I found I saw so many, so much profound results. And I started seeing my life everything kept manifesting so quickly and wow. it's amazing. It's, um, I actually set an intention to be on the show and it like manifested. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, really? and I kind of did that and I didn't, I, I'm not the type to ask people like, Hey, can I, I'm just like, I'll just put out in the universe, see what happens. Wow. <laughs> on, a, this, on this show. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a proven commodity. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when when did you start practicing hypnotherapy, or or when did you even just sort of store? Uh, yeah, sort of. When did you s- sort of start um, getting interested in hypnosis and hypnotherapy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've never really thought about it too all my life until um, in my twenties. So this was I started, you know, you do the whole thing in life, go to school and all that, and just just adhere to society's molding and things like that. And in my twenties, I wasn't really happy with the state of my life. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I don't like my job. I don't like, I'm like, where, what am I doing with my life? And I started diving into like metaphysics and um, just like getting, getting into this kind of stuff like crystals, tarot and 
things like that. And um, I started diving more. And then I was like, that was I when I met that and did Kundalini yoga. And I wanted to see that's really effective, by the way. The breathing techniques are really good. So mm. then I was like, I, there has to be something more out of life. And I love I was really into um, a lot of like psychedelics and things like that. That really opened up things for me as well, like a lot. So I'm really grateful for that. And I was like, okay. And I was getting into energy work in LA. It's very, it's like notoriously um, new agey. Yeah. And there's so many, mm-hmm. like everyone out here, it's like, oh, what's your rising sign? What's your moon sign? Even oh, yeah. Like guys that. <laughs> yeah. We were, we had, we have to ask about all that, but yeah, mm-hmm. keep going. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I as far as like, I actually don't know much about astrology and I don't even know my own like moon sign or rising. I just know I'm a Leo, but I'll, we'll talk about that too, about LA and how it's that. <laughs> right. That's, that's what we, I think we're super interested in that too. Like the, the occult history of the West coast oh. and whatnot. But oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I know a little bit, I can, I'll provide some info hopefully as much as I can, but, um, yeah. So a few years ago, I'd always look on stuff on like meetup.com if there's any like classes or anything I can go to. And then there was like a free energy class at this place in Tarzana in the Valley. This was in August of 2015. And that's when I started doing solo music stuff too. And I was still in a shaky foundation. I was kind of like not sure where I'm going to go with life. And then I was like, ooh, free energy class. Awesome. And the studio was really, the campus was weird. It's like, it has its like built-in studio, which is cool. But I'm like, what is, it felt very, I don't know. I, I didn't know what to make of it. And there was this teacher. She was showing us how to do energy work. Uh, actually, she wasn't showing us. She was um, just kind of introducing what it is and how it can help you. And then um, she did some techniques and I saw her aura. I'm like, what? I was Whoa. freaking out. I was really excited. And just certain things. And then from there, I was like, oh, hypno. And then they just... I decided to enroll in a class because you can, if you go there for a month, then if you don't like it, you can drop out and they won't charge you and stuff. So, but I got really into it and I love it. I, it's, I talk about it so, so much. It's, I love seeing people transform. There's a whole art to it and I'm still learning about it too, because I still consider myself an amateur. I've only been only doing it for a few years, but um, I highly recommend it. That's amazing. Was, was, <laughs> do you care to share the name of that like center that you first went to? Yes. So the center is in the valley. It's in Tarzana and it's called Hip- Hypnosis Motivation Institute. Mm. And they consider it like the Harvard of hypnotherapy. And the founder helped um, define the term hypnotist and hypnotherapist. And he pretty much legitimized the practice in the United States, too. So it's accredited. So it's a really good school because there's also like programs out there, like weekend courses where you can learn it. And that's it's totally bogus. It's really so that it's not really regulated, but they made it more. Um, it was it's accredited. So. Nice. That sounds amazing. I love that you could you could see the aura like in in one of the first sessions or whatever. Yes, yes. And the founder, he was married to her. He was married to this woman. Her name is uh, Florence Henderson. She's like the mom from the Brady Bunch. Mm. Huh. <laughs> oh, really? Whoa, that's crazy. Yes. Damn. That makes sense. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Wait. What was his What was his name? The the founder. Oh, his name is uh, Doctor John Capis. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I, I think that's so interesting how like the intersection of Hollywood and, and the new age <laughs> like stuff that in on the West coast, it just seems like a totally different order of, uh, of things over there. Yeah. It seems like it's all permeating in society over there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, 
yeah so back to i guess like the mechanics and stuff you um yeah i, I we cheated a little bit and watched your asmr interview which i thought was hilarious oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. yes that was that's so funny because you know what um uh two years ago i was the segment with him aired so it's like it's that's really funny how synchronicity happens like i did that two years ago and today we're doing the podcast um, my friend yeah, named Adam. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, oh my God, I was on that hypnosis TV. So you saw the days <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was so interesting, um, sort of how you were talking about suggestibility and how you can read read people and like their predisposition to suggestibility and stuff. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit on that concept? Oh, absolutely. So, Everyone interprets information in a different way. And so sometimes um, in the when people say, oh, yeah, it didn't work for me, it's because that everyone interprets information in different ways. So, for example, um, can you state your name, both of you? David. Ben. Okay, so there's two ways to answer that. So both of you said your name, and other right. people would say yes. Right. Like, can you state your name? Yes. <laughs> so that already indicates how people take in information directly, indirectly. And with communication, understanding and having awareness that other people interpret interprets reality in a different way, maybe outside of yourself, it helps with a lot of it heals it helps with a lot of relationships. So one of the things when we have an I have a new client coming in. I get a, I analyze, actually they fill out paper, information paperwork by hand. And then I do a series of tests and they're called suggestibility tests. So they indicate if a person's emotional suggestible or physical suggestible. Hmm. And you can do a series of things with their hands as well. And you kind of like, it's like hyper awareness of your body language too. Cause you can, you analyze every little thing, even how they blink and where their eyes go, their eye tracking and, how they pause and like the tone of their voice and just the way they look, everything reveals a story. It's amazing. You don't even need to speak. If someone walks in the room, I gauge and kind of see where they're at. And then I kind of, I ask them to confirm and it's amazing how much information we reveal to people. Oh my God. That's almost like terrifying in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in, in the wrong hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes me nervous. Um, it's just, it's, it's super interesting though. Like, Wow. It's you never think about that, like how much you're conveying in these like micro gestures. Yes, definitely. It's it's really it's wonderful. And um, it also there's another there's a thing called NLP, too. It's called neuro linguistic programming. That could mm -hmm. be like another right. episode. It's um, yeah. it's amazing. too. So Tony Robbins is like the master of that. And yeah, that's a whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting out. There's so many things to talk about with this. Like, we can talk forever, but oh no, the the yeah. neuro linguistic yeah. programming stuff is so fascinating, and <laughs> we mentioned that a bit um, with like Leary and Robert Anton Wilson, and even I think there's like Crowley. Crowley kind of has like neuro linguistic programming stuff where he like wouldn't mention certain words, like he wouldn't say certain words just to sort of like reorder. Um, how his like concept of the world through mm. language and stuff. I think yeah, it's that sounds like something he might do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's that's an incredible. So you, it sounds like you could be like a a detective almost at this, or like an interrogator. Yes, definitely. Um, also, with that forensics, they also analyze handwriting, and I'm trained in 
handwriting analysis. Mm. So I can, people hire me for just kind of like, like, oh, I'm, I might want to hire an employee and I have a series of people. So can you, you know, they submit to me like a writing sample and I kind of analyze everything. It's amazing because the thing with body language and let's say at a job interview, you can, you can wear a certain outfit, you can project into what you can always alter your consciously your body language, but hit a uh, handwriting actually never lies. If you have a stack of handwriting sheets in front of both of you, you can always pinpoint what is your specific handwriting. It's your unique subconscious right. influence. Mm. So oh. it's really fascinating. What, uh, what are the like, how, like, is there like a sort of code for like what certain things and is there like a, like, how do you break that down handwriting analysis? Oh, Yes. So it's called. It's been around for the past, um, I believe, a few hundred years, and it was called graphology at one point. So you right. kind of analyze. Yeah, definitely. And there's a certain set of characteristics that indicate someone's subconscious personality. So, for example, if someone if someone writes really small, it indicates that they're very detail oriented and hyper analytical. And if if lines on a sheet of paper, the handwriting, if it kind of angles upwards hmm. to the um, upper right it indicates they're 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 in a very positive disposition because hmm. if everything's sloping down it indicates kind of depressive tendencies too yeah i'm looking down <laughs> at my own handwriting right now <laughs> really? yeah i have like questions um written in a notepad no don't analyze them ben he's, he's, ben's taking this information and analyzing my handwriting right now oh <laughs> yeah I'm- I'm Cover your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's so fascinating. Um, do you think? Hmm, is there like? Because I mean, I think a person's handwriting stays the same, like at least to a certain extent, right? Like, does it? How much does it change given on like a person's state? Yes, good question. So for the most part, our handwriting is our own signature imprint, but it actually changes each time depending on your mood too. So if people are really, oh, this is good. So for example, if someone's really kind of upset, really, really stressed out, their handwriting at that very moment, it changes. It'll be, you'll notice more angular, hard in the paper, the print, the ink will be kind of forced and there's a lot of pressure. Hmm. Even by the way, someone's position is standing upright and they're tensed out and stressed with their shoulders and neck and then you'll see more angular kind of yeah, kind of like more um, rigid, kind of like rough handwriting. So yeah. that person at the moment is pretty stressed out or they may be upset about something. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What is like the most, um, like, what is some like historically interesting cases of like handwriting? I've, I know like the Zodiac is like the, <laughs> the one that like comes yeah. to mind immediately, but... Is a good question. So, historically, let me try. I mean, that's kind of a that's a deep pull right there. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have expected. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries, no worries. I'm trying to think of a certain case. Um, oh, I know the. Actually, I think I've heard of cases where they analyze the uh, Courtney Love. I'm sorry, not oh, not Courtney Love. Kurt Cobain, his oh. suicide note. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And then they have they have forensic handwriting analysis. I'm just trained yeah. in the hypnosis kind, but if I take more schooling, I could definitely do like forensics because you can determine if someone is like falsifying a signature on like um like a trust fund or something. But yeah, that one's really, really common. And yeah, just little micro things. There's so many different characteristics. Like you can even determine like if someone is crossing their T's, 
and the line is really low at that moment, they're not really feeling, they have like low self-esteem, low confidence. Hmm. They're not really feeling good at the moment. That's wild. Damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at my own notebook right now. That, <laughs> just, those T's are really low. Yeah, we're, we're just getting we're getting hammered down. Yeah. We're just like analyzing our own handwriting. <laughs> what about like someone who uh, is is trying to? I, maybe this is a weird, a weirdly specific yeah. question. Like, if they're trying to like fake their handwriting, can you still tell that it's them? I always, like, is there still like something tucked within their handwriting that will like give them away? If it's faked, yeah, or is like that what if, if they're trying to make their handwriting look like, say, like you're a right-handed person, but you write with your left hand to like make it, you know, like in like spy yeah. stuff, you know. Oh yes, it depends on if you analyze like their other samples as well. Because mm-hmm. if I'm just basing off one that thing, then I just assume that's their like handwriting. So if I have a, a series of other samples from them, then it's like, okay, that's that's forgery. That's something about that's very off. Right. Right. That makes sense. So yeah, comparison. Okay. So how um how how much like of the world do you see as being hypnosis from day to day, you know? Because I think that obviously there's like the stigma of like hypnosis being um you know, like changing somebody's thoughts, but then there's sort of stuff like um you know, marketing propaganda like how much do you think we're exposed to hypnosis like every moment of our lives, you know? Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that. We are in, un- we, so in society, we are in a state of mass hypnosis. So the session that I do, it's I'm actually de-hypnotizing somebody. So each and every day mm. we are inundated by so many, so many commercials, um, symbols, all these different things, they pierce the subconscious mind. So a lot of corporations, you'll they always will always have a logo. And a logo is kind of like like a sigil. Right. It, yeah. It's etched in the unconscious. It's like you drive down a street and there's like, let's say there's like a McDonald's billboard, even though we, you know, we don't like it or something. It's like, oh, maybe I maybe I want that. And then it's it's just you see those arches, right? And it just leaves that collective consciousness imprint. It's really amazing how they tap into that. And even and going on social media too. Oh my God, yes, all of that and different images and memes and all that. That's it's right. really fascinating. So yeah. there's a whole book on this I got to send to you guys and some some links and things like that. Very fascinating. Yeah, I, that's so yeah. interesting that you're you're saying um, like you're de um, hypnotizing people in a session rather than like performing hypnosis. That's really interesting. It's like you're yes. unwinding sort of like things that are built up definitely so the format for the way that goes is that they're still under a state of hypnosis but we're also eradicating their their ways of thinking and believing and things like that so clearing out a lot of limiting beliefs so hypnosis directly affects the subconscious mind and you probably heard that word so many times so the subconscious mind is the mind that governs our physical reality it it think of it as our life script so you know how you blink you digest food you walk we don't need to tell ourselves like okay we got to we got to blink we have to digest food it just automatically does that so our subconscious minds are so powerful they are our best friends they run on these programs and a lot of times people from so it begins from zero through eight years old we actually when we're born We're born with the primitive mind, which houses a fight, flight, and freeze mechanism. Mm. And babies are scared by loud noises or a fear of heights. 
And it's like our reptilian brain. It protects us in terms of if we're in some danger. And in our childhoods, we children are walking sponges. They soak in everything. They soak in the environment, what they consume, their education, where they grew up, what your ethnicity is, all of these. There's so many factors that tie, that make up our subconscious minds. And it's a record keeper of every moment, every event. It's impossible for us to remember every little thing, but it, it's, it remembers everything. And it even passes down to generation to generation. So mm. even in your DNA, you might inherit like a lot of like ancestral trauma. Let's say someone in your family down the line was in a war. So it's amazing. And most people think that they have to, their life is the way it is. They'll never have change. I'm like, nope, that is not true. It's such a great tool for empowerment. It literally changes your reality. And it's the fastest way to manifest to do, you know, set intention and yeah. things happen. So, yeah, that's so fascinating. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that stuff's crazy. I feel like I'm under hypnosis right now because it's just <laughs> the things that you like never think about, you know, but it, it, at the same time, it does scare the hell out of me, like how um, reprogrammable the brain is and like the, the yes. mechanics of our mind. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And especially when, um, so influence is like, let's say there's, let's say if there's something happening, like a fear across the nation, there's an event that people will instantly go into fight or flight or freeze mode. And that's when you can hijack and make a decision for them and kind of take control of what, you know, anything is. And like, that's how people um, get, they'll just be open. How do I say this? They'll, uh, they'll be open for whatever people suggest them, hmm. just suggest to them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's some spooky stuff. I, I mean, something that I'm interested in in all this is sort of like the, the I mean, the ethics of it, I guess. I mean, because it seems like it can, it can be such a tool for, for good, and I yeah. and I'm totally open to to that. I also, I mean, there's so much documented stuff about its use for like, really nefarious like intelligence types, and you know, that's my, my hobby horse or whatever. But like, you know. What, like, what do you think of that? Like, sort of the history of hypnotism and hypnosis, like, in, like, maybe intelligence programs or, like, like uh, interrogation, that, like, that sort of thing. The ghoul um, MK Ultra, Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it can definitely be used for bad, but also at the same time. This is, here's my take on it. It gets really complicated, to be honest. So, I, anything that you... So hypnosis, you're actually fully in control. And think of the the person conducting it. Think of them as a personal trainer for the mind. Mm-hmm. So like let's say if you're in a gym, you're with a personal trainer, they're they're maybe they're suggesting things to do and you work out, you're doing all the work. So I'm just a facilitator for the unconscious mind. If there's anything I say and if they're not agree in agreement with it or in congruency, then they won't they'll be resistant to. So Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> Hearing you talk about it, it it makes me want to like go and have sessions and stuff. Awesome. Like, man, this awesome. could like this could help me. So you you couldn't make me like kill Robert Kennedy? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't because I don't I, mean, I can't now, but I I don't want to either. Those cases of it being used for bad is so so minute too as uh, as well also you're actually in the one in control too so there it's whoever it's um 
it's like it's actually not mind control. And let's say if right. I do do a session with both of you, it's you'll still be. It's like a. It's actually a very light state. You're still super aware of like everything going on, and think of it. So the easiest way to describe it because it can get pretty tricky. So basically, in essence, hypnosis is a re an awareness and focus in the mind, but also you're allowing your physical body to relax. Mm. And you can actually access this access that hypnotic state anytime. So each and every day we actually go in these bouts of hypnosis. Let's say if you're on, if you're driving and you miss your exit, that's hypnosis. If you're scrolling on your phone, that's hypnosis. If you're working on music and, and hours go by and you're like, whoa, it's already 3 a.m. That's hypnosis. And when people, even at shows too, I've noticed this phenomenon even before I learned learned about it I, years ago, like 10 years ago, I'd, like, I'd go to a show and everyone's sitting and then people are just kind of naturally nodding their heads and kind of like zoning out. And then the music would be, I guess like ambient or even it could be any kind of music, but I, I was like, whoa, everyone's reacting in a, in a way. And that's actually hypnosis too. So anytime mm. you're zoning out pretty much or in the flow state, mm. that's hypnosis. Yeah. The flow state. That's great. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, so in like the eighties and nineties, there was the whole like regressive hypnosis thing. What, what do you think of like with <laughs> alien abduction and like, all, what do you think of that? Is that like a legitimate application of the tool or is that sort of something else? That's a good question. Um, I actually don't know. I know about it, but I don't know too much to formulate like a proper opinion. But um, yeah, yeah it, that I got I'll look more into that. Yeah, that's it. I didn't even think I, didn't, yeah. I don't know why I didn't even make that connection. But like like sending someone back in time, like re, like, yeah, that kind oh. of like regressive, like to like to uncover hidden memories, that kind of thing. Right. Oh, oh, yes. OK, so at the school I went to, we we weren't allowed to do regression hypnosis, but you can totally do past like regression. So regression hypnosis, that is I'm not for that. That's I don't because that's you can someone can call like a false memory and it never happened. So it's not right. actually it's not in court too. So yeah, yeah, that I don't I don't really do any of that actually. So Yeah, it seems dangerous. Yeah, like implanting false memories. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's wild. Imp implanting like a screen memory. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah or yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to ask um do do you you know what? I'm going to shut this window real quick because this dog is like barking <laughs> outside. Hold on one sec. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Oh, it's okay. I wanted to ask, um, do you like see yourself using um, hypnosis techniques in uh, with your music? Oh, that's... You know, I I actually keep it fairly se separate. I've been noticing, like I I want to incorporate it more. I'm trying to think of a way to do it that's that feels that feels right because it's like I feel if I just do I don't know. That's a good question. I I feel I think I keep it very separate. But I I when I listen to my music again, it it has this kind of similar state. I guess. Yeah, it feels like. <laughs> but it's not relaxing though I don't, it, that's a yeah that's a good question because i think i'm like do i maybe i do and I, I don't know how to answer that did you ever like record one of those sort of like guided meditations uh yes i have and i hear it back and i don't know it makes me cringe like i want i'm like i need to do something better with it <laughs> like i want to make it cooler like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Do you? But I, I, I have incorporated it in some like um, some stuff for mixes and things like that. So. Sure. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, that was awesome. Do you um, do you listen to like those guided meditations? Just like on uh, yes. YouTube and stuff. Oh, definitely. I do. I, I have a few people I listen to and it's, it all varies on far, as far as like quality goes, but there's certain people who I listen to. I'm like, this is pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff like, do you look for personally in that? Because I feel like some of them, you know, the content is almost too wild or something or like the, the delivery or something is off, you know? <laughs> that's, that's true. So Pretty much anyone can conduct a guided imagery and a state of relaxation, but hypnosis is, so basically, okay, so meditation, when people meditate, you are emptying the trash can of your mind. So you're kind of throwing away anything that made you stressed, any feelings, just kind of letting it go. But hypnosis is another level up. Not only do you like empty the trash can of your mind, you also rewire and reassociate and just update the programs. So the subconscious mind is pretty much a supercomputer of your mind. It's always running in the background. And most people, some people, maybe they they kind of have the same program running. It's probably like Windows 95 or something. And it's kind of <laughs> like, it works, but it's outdated. And it's like, so you can utilize hypnosis to kind of upgrade the systems, like run a new updated program. And everything runs efficiently, easily, effortlessly. So, Yeah. Are you from California? Like, did you grow up out there? Yes. So I was, I grew up in Orange County, but my family's from Vietnam. Gotcha. And I live, yeah, and I currently live, I was born, yeah, I was born in in Orange County and I live, uh, right now I live in LA. I live in like central LA. So did you like notice that sort of, um, like kind of what we were talking about earlier, how there's just more of, of like an occult sort of new age history is that something like you picked up on at an early age you um yeah i've noticed i've noticed that when i was a a little bit younger and just just this the creation of hollywood period is like astounding like all of just everything and sometimes if i want to like charge up crystals or candles i'll drive through like hollywood <laughs> like we're, and just like absorb all of that <laughs> and, it, and it, to do all this, um, the rituals and stuff like that but yeah it's 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 really fascinating um yeah i feel like the energy that created like Los Angeles is was like a cult energy <laughs> i guess new york too but yeah yeah new york has has, it's very different though yeah 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 uh i don't know california it seems like there was always more of a progressive like positive um metaphysical vibe where new york feels like sinister and dark <laughs> i think you're just talking about the weather <laughs> i don't know i don't know man yeah yeah yes that is so true every city has a different kind of aura and a vibe about it and LA has definitely has a lot of that, and it's true. Every uh, so clients from the East Coast, especially New York, they'll come at the session. The first time I meet them in a session, they're more a little bit skeptical and more like practical about things. It's like, hmm, okay, they kind of think about it more, so they're not as open. But until they're they realize like the benefits and they're more convinced, then they'll be open for it. But here, it's more. Mm. There's could be. 
there's all these like green juices and like new <laughs> like new technologies there's a place called there's a place in west hollywood and they have like oxygen chambers and they have like all right. these well. crazy things so and everyone's more but also too it's so excessive that it's almost it's at times it kind of feels like silly to be honest yeah that's yeah. interesting and isn't wasn't the um What's the really famous, like, progressive metaphysical center? I guess it was in the Bay. Is it the Echelon? Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, yes, yes. Echelon. Echelon Center? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do you do you know about that at all? I've, I've heard definitely, like, heard stuff about that in passing. The Echelon Institute? Yeah, I know. I know a little bit. I've actually never been there, but I've been... I've been wanting to check it out actually because they have these awesome like hot springs in in the center. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's. Yeah. Have you ever been out to like Sedona? I have not, and I've been wanting to go. So. Yeah, what's been on my? Travels. What do you make of like the vortex talk out there? I'm I'm open to it. I'm not gonna say one if I disagree with it or not, but, um, yeah, each, there's some cities that have different chakras, like Mount Shasta is another place for powerful vortex energy. Same with like Hawaii. Uh, there's actually a client of mine. She has, she owns some private property and then there's actually a vortex there. So we did some work there and it felt, it was, it was intense. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> where, where was that? That was in by Shasta. Oh no, it's somewhere. It's uh, out in the desert. Wow. Kind of by Joshua Tree. That's crazy. Do you care to elaborate? Like, I, I guess it would be hard to describe, probably. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel that one. <laughs> what? So, how long have you been, like, doing stuff with crystals? And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like that's an interesting thing where people either are interested in it or like hate it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can definitely see both sides i can see how people think they write it off i totally get it because it's so it's like it's like very trendy um i totally understand like it's, you can see it everywhere um i'm I, I like them i'm moving now i'm leaning more towards like digging my own crystals instead of buying it at a store so i'm just gonna like go to the site and actually i'm gonna do that in a, uh, really really soon I'm going to go to this place called Pala in San Diego and like, you can like mine your own crystals and stuff like that. Whoa. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I love the whole, I mean, I don't know about the, like the healing, the healing powers of crystals, but I'm like, uh, you know, obsessed with rocks and, and minerals. So, nice. so you know, it's, oh, really? yeah, totally. That's, uh, one of my, <laughs> one of my secrets. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There's like a closet and Please. minerals start yeah. pouring out. <laughs> Just dirty rocks, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Quartz, obsidian, you know, gotta love it. Oh, awesome. I'm glad you did. I w always wanted this major in geology and just study right. rocks and things like that. Me too. So yeah. Nice, nice. I'm like uh, definitely pretty interested in sort of the fact that they're like conductors of energy and, and the free energy crystal, like yeah. really out there stuff where like the one, I forget the guy's name, but he went to the top of the great pyramid at Giza in like the, I think it was like the early 1900s and they were like measuring it. And it was like 
conducting um, oh, yeah, energy yeah, yeah. coming off the top of it because there used to be obviously like the 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 front of it was all like limestone and stuff right and there, there's just all these like you know crazy like pyramid power yeah I love theories that. with yeah. like quartz and stuff like that yeah yeah definitely absolutely there and certain like altered states you, uh, when you touch crystals you can feel you can feel them moving and vibrating it's really fascinating totally so yeah. definitely yeah and each one has I don't, know, I don't know too too much about it but i do know for the specific chakras you can apply so for example the throat chakra if you feel that let's say if you don't feel like you can speak your truth or you feel like you're not allowed to speak your truth you can um, focus on your throat and the chakra because it represents self-expression communication so you would use turquoise aquamarine and all any crystal that has blue properties to it and also eating food that has blue like blueberries like eating more of that in your diet that can help mm. with that hmm. yeah i have That's like awesome. um i have this one record actually that i'm remembering now and it's like the sound of crystals but they're oh, yeah it's actually it was put out by um david tibet and it's like cur oh. current 93 presents <laughs> oh but, wow yeah, it's it's really sick actually. It's these like drones created by like vibrating crystals acoustically and then they just start like screaming. Yeah. It's really cool. I have to I have to pull up the uh that is pull cool. that one out. I love that kind of stuff. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. That makes total sense. He's a super he's heady. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm I'm obsessed. I'm a fanboy. Oh. <laughs> Wait, he's not, he's not the fascist one, is he? Who's the fascist in that scene? Oh, you're talking about, like, Death in June and yeah, Boyd yeah, Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, cause That's I, a yeah, whole I like, other thing. Yeah. We don't need to go down yeah. there. I like David Tibet's, especially, like, uh, his editing work. Like, what he puts out is really awesome. Yeah. Also, have you guys heard of the term like law of attraction or manifesting? Oh yeah, yeah so sure, I, yeah. I needed to ask you. This is this yeah, you you just like manifested this question for yeah. us because I was gonna <laughs> ask you about like the new thought movement and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So so do you guys remember okay, remember that book? I think it came out in two thousand eight, it was like the secret. Oh yeah, of course. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's cool. I know, it's like really, really corny. Uh, but the concepts, it's they're pretty legit, and it got popularized by Oprah. She put the book on the map, and everyone's like, ooh, and they read it, and they're like, whoa, what is this? And they brought all these, like, new thought leaders and things like that. So manifestation, we're, we are always in the state of manifesting, and the law of attraction is a very real law. So whatever, and you always get what you think about, whether you want it or not. So think about the subconscious mind as amplifying and being a mirror and a vibrational match to what you want so whatever you bring think of it as a 
an awareness device. So whatever you're focusing on, it'll continue to expand. And when what people get wrong about manifesting is that they set the intentions and they're like, how come this hasn't fallen into my lap? Because you need to have inspired action as well. Because we, if I just sit here all day and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to think this will happen and, and nothing happens because I'm not really, I'm not moving the energy into a flow. And the thing is, always, I recommend to people always state things in a state of already having. Like, I am this. Hmm. I have this. Hmm. When people yeah. are like, I want, I want, I want, and they state those declarations, you're always emitting a vibration of lack. Hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And that's how things never happen. Like a wanting energy always puts it outside of yourself. Hmm. So for example, like if someone's too desperate or like too thirsty or something, you know how it's like, you, you just naturally repel people if you act like that. But if you're already in a state of detachment and also just putting that energy back into yourself, you'll start to naturally be a magnet for things, situations, people, opportunities, um, and shifting your physical state too. And it's a great way to change habits too. So it's good for um, releasing weight, releasing any habits that no longer serve you. So um, yeah. Hmm. And the unconscious mind, because manifestation occurs in that, think of it as super abstract. So the conscious mind, and I'll, I'll send you like a diagram as well too. Yeah. That's a super interesting way of putting that because I think when people think about the law of attraction, it's like, you you're envisioning things for yourself but yeah if if you're not thinking about yourself already in that way it's really interesting um about the la the aspects of lack yes and it applies to everything like for example there i have a, a few female clients who want to generate love and then it's like they put themselves out there nothing happens but until they kind of have that element of the law of they have detachment too and they focus back on themselves when they're super into something, they're living out like a passion, they're really immersed in their thing. That's when he'll come back. Or if someone's always in a new relationship, all of a sudden the ex will appear out of nowhere. It's really, it's really fascinating. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, you definitely, I think that kind of stuff is true. Like it's uh it feels like it's true to life. So it's, it's almost, it's one of those laws that feels like it doesn't, it's like, yeah, just, it, it is true. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how to explain yeah. it. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, the, the things that you want always come when you're like, you're not thinking about them anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because your energy is not expanding on the worry of it and anxiety. Right. Like, you know, those days where things just flow, or if you're not, you're not stressing, you work on music and it's like, wow, I love this. It's it's perfect because you're in that state of flow. But if there's like, let's say if there's a deadline or really stressed out and stressing mm -hmm. on the perfectionism of it or just, or just having a lot of weird beliefs or like limiting beliefs, it doesn't, it feels like it, nothing will come out. But those days, like, I'll know, like, I have no plans. I'll just drive around, run errands, and I'm, something will just fall into my lap. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Or if I'm just really having a good, positive attitude, it's like, oh, my God, that parking space is here. Like, oh, that's amazing. It's, it's really nice. <laughs> yeah. And an important thing is up, up, using the law, using, sorry, using detachment to just kind of letting it go, like setting the intention, casting it into your subconscious, and then just kind of forgetting about it. That's the most important thing, too, hmm. as far as like when you use sigils and activate sigils. The most important thing is just attaching, letting it go, because if you're so needy to it, it won't manifest. Hmm. And you're not you're limiting yourself from something even greater, too, because sometimes the universe or the subconscious will bring you something way greater than what you've imagined. Hmm. It was yeah. it, is the law of attraction. Um, is that William Walker Atkinson who like created that term? 
That's a good question. Oh, I'm yeah, not, like I'm, the, honestly, I'm not familiar with him. I'll look. The I'll research Kybelian, that. right? In in the Kybelian and and uh, that kind of early 20th century New Thought stuff. Yeah, that, that's where you. I mean, but I thought I thought Atkinson because I mean, like, he was wrote a book. Yeah, he was about three initiates. Um, but he also the more New Thought stuff that he wrote, he wrote under his own name. Right. Well, yeah. He had like what, like ten names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he did write like yeah, maybe a whole book on that. Interesting. Oh, actually, sorry. In 1877, the le- the term was uh, first appeared in print in a book by uh, this Russian occultist Helena Blavatsky. Oh, so. it was oh. Blavatsky. Nice. Whoa. Man, she was busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I thought I don't know why I thought it came a little bit after. That's so interesting. But you're right. He pretty much created it, though. William Walker Atkinson. So, yeah, he's whole. That's his. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Does, does this stuff like everything that we've mentioned so far seems like very practical, you know, like towards. And I guess maybe I'm going to answer my own question in a way. But like, does do you, for you personally, does this like tie more into like a any sort of like more deeply ingrained spirituality or do you see the two as being just like completely intertwined? It's um, definitely intertwined. And for me, I love incorporating it into my, a part of my spiritual practice too. Um, It definitely used for, uh, is used for a lot of practical things, but just having that connection with the subconscious mind, it's amazing. The subconscious mind, it, it cannot gauge what's reality. It think of it as like a very abstract thing. It interprets. It doesn't know what's a pen, what's a piece of paper, what we're talking on. Mm-hmm. It's so expansive, and it doesn't recognize things in a linear fashion. It doesn't recognize time. Doesn't recognize space. Doesn't recognize reality. Like you can tell it there's a penny or a million dollars. It doesn't know what is what or what the significance of it is until we have those the ego mind, the conscious mind, and it houses like and. Logic, reasoning, analyzing, willpower, decision making—that's when these definitions kind of take o- take over hmm. and put the uh, define things into this this um, earthly space. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's a very abstract thing. It's kind of like where it's it can't tell like what time it is right now or who you are. And yeah, that sounds like we, living in yeah. a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Dream living. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, and the um. I love it because you can even not only you can do like past life regression, you can also do um, like future life regression progression as well and all hmm. that. Hmm. I love using it as a tool. A lot of people they even have they specialize in past life regression. I love using it as a way to the fastest way to elicit change in your physical reality, like things for the future. So, do you view if you were to do like um, a future life progression? Would is that sort of like active imagining or something? So that you basically, it's the same as uh, past life. So you can, yeah, actively imagining and just kind of, so what it does, it kind of goes through your timeline and it speeds through like your current death and going kind of just allowing your conscious to answer what is into your, what is, what are you, what are you in your future? So for me, I'd had that done on me and it sped through time. And I, my consciousness, I wasn't like a female. I was a human. I was like a robot. But my consciousness was male and everything was really like high tech. And I was like, whoa, this is interesting. Hmm. It was very fascinating. Yeah, it calls to mind um, because, you know, I've been 
reading like the red book on you know i'd like just visit it on an occasion and it kind of reminds me of the stuff that jung was doing with the red book where he was like actively imagining these experiences with archetypes and stuff and sort of like creating these archetypes to unravel these situations in his own psyche it sort of reminds me of that a little bit are you familiar oh yes i his work is i love it it's great yes he deriving like the collective the symbols and the collective consciousness and all these different archetypes i i love his work so yes that is that is that is very his work is really uh, profound yeah because um, it's like we all go ahead sorry oh no no i just uh, i'm like <laughs> curious to imagine sort of what that process was like for him i think he had like this sort of stone like carriage house in the back of his house that he almost made into like a meditation chamber where he would paint and write and stuff too oh wonderful yeah that oh that's beautiful um in the ancient times like in egypt there would be these spaces called um sleep temples and uh, same with Greece, there would be like sleep chambers and the vibe would, there would be like candles, um, incense to make it really cozy. And it was pretty much a form of hypnosis that was, they would conduct the people come in there for needing, they have a presenting issue and they need like a solution to heal themselves. So they go, they would go into these chambers and have a lot of profound like changes. So. Damn, we need those now. Where the, where the, those at <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to go in a sleep chamber. That's interesting. Do you a think? Sleep chamber. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's like uh, how much of of the sort of hypnosis experience is uh, derived from like the setting of the experience? How how important is that? Oh, it's so. I think it's. I think it's very important. Mm. I notice changes in different offices I've worked at, and when it's more like a regular office or it's clinical, I notice people they kind of just feel conscious but then when you have when it's more dim in the lighting i gotta send you a picture of my office when it's there's like candles and smells yeah and tapping into that's that's environmental hypnosis it feels really relaxing it feels safe and the key to access that state is just to be in a state of really great relaxation and receptivity so a lot of breath work is incorporated into that too and breath work is really really powerful it's a mechanism for us to clear out so much in our internal state it instantly activates the parasympathetic nervous system hmm. and then everything kind of slows down. So people won't go in that fight or flight mode. They're more like, <sighs> kind of like, okay, after an argument, he's like, all right, I feel better. So. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, yeah, I think environment, yeah. Environment seems so important to, to any kind of, uh, you know, th therapeutic, anything. It seems like d doing it in like a medical office seems so. Yeah so tough like a, you're fighting against the current yeah i just got a book called the little book of color how to use the psychology of color to transform your life so i've been researching color mm. and walls of paint and just the environment and it's i love it it's really interesting it's amazing how you can just make a few changes in your space to totally you have a different vibe so i love like interior design and even what we wear can leave like such a um, first impression, a really yeah, uh, impactful one, what, what we wear and everything. It's really fascinating. Hmm. I don't even know what I would do if I, if, if you like just gave like pointers on all these subjects, I'd probably have to like burn all my clothes, like change my handwriting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like to 
burn, burn my house down. <laughs> yeah. Go live I'm, on, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm doing it all wrong, probably. No. I, I think you're doing it all right. Like, I, you're pretty much a facilitator as well, I feel. The fact that you do your music and it's... And invokes a certain mood what and music? energy about it. <laughs> <laughs> you must be thinking of a different day. Yeah, you must be thinking of a different person. <laughs> um, what what do you make of like astral projection and remote viewing? Do you think there's like validity to that <laughs> stuff? Oh yes, astral projection. Uh, I that's you can train yourself to do that. I haven't in my adulthood. I haven't been successful doing that but as a kid i would naturally have so many instances of out of uh, astral projection like you just kind of when you're in that state of sleep you're you can go into another room and see like your parents and yeah like that it was mm. i want to do that again <laughs> yeah um, there's a guy i forgot his name but he's always on youtube he's he's like the it boy of astral projection <laughs> like ingo swan or something He's dead. Oh, he's old. Yeah, I guess he's, he's, he's not on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. now they took him off when he died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if he's he's got any film videography. <laughs> I imagine there's interviews, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's something. Oh, that's all. I feel like with um, OBEs and astral projection, there's there's got to be like a familial connection to it that sort of like triggers something. Because I've I've had like out of body experiences when I was like sleeping on my parents' couch, but I've never experienced that like in my own house. Maybe there's some kind of comfort there or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I I just don't know actually. <laughs> I know. No, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. When did this happen? Was it recently or was it like a long time ago? Um, it was a few years ago, but I was staying at my parents' house for a summer between, like, moving between two cities. And I think maybe that, that experience of, like, being back home for the first time in a long time um, it just, like, triggered something. I'm not sure. But I was having, like, a couple. So it, it was, oh. And I was having, like... And it was your childhood home. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't my childhood home it was like a, a house that my parents had moved into like later. But yeah, I was having like some lucid dreams and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it was just like you need something to shake things up or to push you where it's like happening. Maybe it just messed up my sleep cycle or something. I don't know. Do you recall any significant life changes during that period? Well, you were moving, right? So that was probably... Yeah, there was definitely a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, yeah. I see. Hmm. Yeah. And I would attribute it to what is what was going on in your life in your timeline at that moment. What changes were happening? What was your state of being? Like the level of sleep you had, what you ate and all that too. Like hmm. what if it affected your... Yeah, all of that. And just being at your parents and that that familiar environment, that all, that plays, that all factors into... I'm not sure exactly what, um, how it, how, but that yeah. all plays a role. Yeah, me neither. I'm not gonna think about it. <laughs> <laughs> was it a good experience? How was your experience? So what? No, it was. It was. You... It was cool. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be uh, 
a dream talker. <laughs> talking about dr- my own dreams on my, on my own podcast. It's pretty, like, pretty bad luck. Yeah. That will just be the next few episodes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome dreams. back for this is episode ten. I'm talking about a dream. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you, um What do you think about like? Uh, psychic vampirism, especially being out in LA. <laughs> yes. So, have you heard of this woman? Her name's uh, Teal Swan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's kind of controversial, but I've always, I've always really liked her. Um, I've always liked her as a person, so I've got a lot of good information out of her. Um, she writes on her blog. She writes really amazing articles on this she travels a lot so she's like oh yeah the uh, energetic diagnosis of la energetic diagnosis of like boston philadelphia portland and i find it to be pretty spot on and so what la is at its core especially in hollywood it brings in all types of people from around the world and they're all wanting some sort of uh fame status whatever it is and so i definitely see that and i feel it so so much because people come here for a mission and it's to seek something and you get a lot of like talent and it's very cutthroat, very competitive. Um, but there's an article she wrote about LA and it was like really, really spot on, but there's a lot of that energy. It's, um, but so she, basically she said, let me pull up the article. She- the dominant negative vibration in LA is poisonous ambition. So it makes the city one of the most narcissistic and cutthroat cities in the world. Hmm. Well, what did she say about Philly? Yeah, I, know. I, <laughs> wanna, like, I need to know what they're, they're the vibe talking. of Philly is. Energetic. The vibe of Philly, okay, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, LA a lot of it's a lot, very competitive because um, it's people they're very into success. But the positive vibration is ambition. So people are very they're doing a lot. They're trying to achieve something, and they're very very inspired by things. So it, that's a positive side. I mean, look at Philadelphia. I have an energetic diagnosis of Philadelphia, but I think uh, Eraserhead <laughs> nailed it pretty well. Oh, man. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. me know if this resonates. You can say yes or no. So I'm going to pull this in. So she said, the dominant negative vibration of Philadelphia is bewilderment, a deep, painful reflection about uh, confusion about life itself. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's actually pretty true. Yeah, that's <laughs> How long was she here? Like two hours? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, she, she does these like tour. She does like a workshop and she'll just travel and be there for a day or two. And like, oh, OK. So she wrote, uh, most places you go, people have created meaning for why by bad things have happened to them. Um, so the people of Philadelphia lack. Don't take this person. It's just her analysis. It it's, doesn't doesn't mean it's like. I don't think either right, of us so, are but... from here, right? Well, I, this this place has become like deeply ingrained in my being, but it already sounds accurate. Yeah. So. <laughs> so she said the people of Philadelphia lack the ability to assign meaning to the negative things they experience. In other words, they don't know why bad things happen to them the way they do. Even when they tell you why they think bad things have happened to them, it only it is only skin deep. The conviction of knowing does not penetrate to their core. Only uncertainty does. They don't know what they did to deserve elements of the life they are living. They don't know what to do in order to make things go their way so they can avoid these painful things in the future. Being so uncertain about why, why bad things happen to them, they take it personally, but silently. Deep down, they wonder if they're being singled out by the universe. 
if they're being singled out by the universe, they come to the conclusion that something about them must be bad, unlovable. So they stay silent about their darkness as a result. They keep it to themselves. So it spreads out like an energetic shadow most people have here. And people's solar plexuses, solar plexus chakras are very out of alignment here. Well, that's huh. that's heady. It sounds pretty spot on. I mean, Philly is a pretty... There is definitely like a fog of uncertainty, I would say. That is mm. a definitely a good descriptive word. It's kind of chaotic, too. More yeah. so that, I mean, all yeah. cities are a little chaotic, but there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, just, uh, well, maybe it's just the driving is chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a bit like of a, of a, like, soft, psychotic vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that phrase. <laughs> That's like a, that could be like a title. <laughs> what what the hell can the Boston one be like? Uh, Boston feels and then, like so crazy. For, yeah. uh, so for Philly, the dominant positive vibration is manufacturing. So that's a huh. so that's a that's a positive here hmm. to make something on a large scale. So and then she talked about food, how famous the food is, and let me look up Boston. Yeah, no, I'm so you don't have to read all these, but they oh, are. Oh, I would like love to. Amazing. I can nerd out on this for hours, and I I have. It's amazing energy and how even for physical pain too. There's so many. I have this whole thing about that. So let me see what she said about Boston. Uh, did you live there at some point or? No, I just feel like it's it's just <laughs> such a funny place. Like it's almost like it's um, its personality and culture is so strong that it like overshadows what it is actually as mm, a place. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a weird place. I don't even know. I mean, I've like been there a few times and it was like fine, but no, yeah, it's fine. It's like similar the, to Philly in some ways. Yeah, but the layout a, of a it lot sucks. cleaner. It's like a. It's very. It feels very clean. Well, like to sterile. Me. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, so so Boston, she has nicknamed Boston the mind your own business city because everyone here is doing their own thing the people of the city have not come together to bring identity to the city it's not necessarily alive with any particular culture or any way of being instead it is a cerebral city perhaps why Bo this is why Boston is so famous for higher learning the predominant suffering here is one of isolation but not isolation for lack of people isolation in a crowd hmm. so the hmm. energy field of people's emotional bodies and mental bodies is not bleed between the cars and means by that so there's a lot of questioning and but there's also a lot of like mental expense expansion mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah this what i'm sorry what's her name again her name is at teal swan and i'll send you all the links mm. too yeah that's that stuff's really interesting yeah. yeah she's an interesting figure um yeah she had like a whole <laughs> like a whole uh what, true crime podcast about her Yes, I. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. What a true crime podcast about her? Huh? Yeah. Well, you you, you can look yes. into it. You'll figure it out. Okay. But yeah, th those are some interesting city descriptions, though. I, I feel like they're not wrong. <laughs> yes, but I listened to that podcast. There's that. There's that. It's for some reason she's really controversial because mm -hmm. people think she's a cult leader. I don't. I. She's. I don't. She's not. You know. Yeah. So. I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, you you want to take that kind of like uh, hit piece kind of thing with a grain of salt. Definitely, definitely. At the end of the day, you know yourself the best. Like you can have ten other people, you can listen to other people's wisdom, but at the end of the day, you truly change happens from within. So, and I love to tell people that like don't you don't need to follow anybody else's 
you know, philosophy, like if follow your authenticity, follow your heart and just take care of yourself as much as you can. Cause a lot of times when we're not, when we're not clearing out a lot of that energetic debris, it builds up. And over time, if we're not clearing out that particular trauma, that issue that is holding you back, it'll at some point it might manifest into illness, cancer, disease, and things like that. Hmm. And yeah. So there's a woman, her name's Yvette Rose. She has a whole encyclopedia on metaphysical anatomy. Your body's talking. Are you listening? So I love pulling this out for clients. And they when they talk about something, I'm like, oh, do you have any corresponding pain? Like, oh, yeah. Or maybe my neck hurts, my back, or whatever it is. I read out the passage, and they're like, oh, my God, this is spot on. And it deals with those root emotional issues that have manifested in the physical body. So taking care of the mind, body, spirit, it's all intertwined. So it's really important to just to practice self-care and cultivating that inner peace very corny but it's our health is our wealth yeah Sunday morning. Good morning. <laughs> Why does everyone keep saying that? What's that from? It's Nancy Pelosi, like, oh, Nancy. this what? interview. Anyway. Nancy's um, hilarious. <laughs> Wait, what? So, what, what are your, what do you think about, um, like, spirit manifestation and, like, elemental spirits and stuff? Do you, do you believe, like, there's validity to that or, or where do you classify that stuff? Elementals, kind of like fairies and, like, dragons and stuff? Um, 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 yeah, maybe I, I was using it kind of like vaguely, or, oh. but just sort of like spirit conjuration and manifestation. Oh, yes. So um, are you asking? You can definitely use those things as a tool to help make it to enhance it as well. Um, so ancestral meditation and having an altar, that really helps as well. And like certain. Um, so, for example, I just purchased a stack you and it's uh his name is saint expedite so i'm con- i'm gonna go and conjure up coll- actually i'm gonna collaborate with him mm-hmm. to cast things and he's known for speediness if you're in a in a pickle with let's say you need like fast cash or you need to resolve a legal issue or whatever it is like he'll come in and speed up the process for you so yeah. i'm gonna work with him do like a ritual on that <laughs> so yeah definitely use other spirits and other things because we not only do we exist in this 3d realm we exist in other dimensions too so um, there's like dragons existing in other realms, like angels, fairies. Um, you can see chakras and like energy forms and things like that. So definitely tap into that as well. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you, so you don't really yeah, do you do you see that stuff as as sort of being a part of our like elements of our own psyche, or do you think that spirits are in like intelligences or of their own consciousness? Um, like apart from us 
That is a good question. I definitely agree. We do all carry a collective consciousness about us as well. So um, they consider that like a, they consider that the super conscious. So there's like the conscious mind and then there's a subconscious and there's also like a super consciousness. It's like a heightened awareness involving just like sh everything. It's like boundless. <clears throat> yeah. What was that, Ben? You said about what? MK Ultra. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you? So have you researched a lot about like sort of cult programming and stuff like that? There's a site uh, I go to and I love reading it. I think it's what's it called? There's um, it's like a database of all the cults, and I've been watching The Vow and all that. And I don't know if you've heard of The Vow, that documentary that's been um airing lately no what's it about so the vow talks about that cult uh nexium oh, oh this, I, I didn't know they made a documentary about that i didn't either yeah. Yeah. it's really good it aired in august and it's on hbo and talks about the self-improvement group next i don't know how to pronounce it nexium yeah nexium yeah, yeah. oh man those are some real weirdos huh? it's weird it's weird and it's like but the footage of the guy and just how they talk in training groups it reminds you of these things i go to too like in hotel like lock conference rooms and stuff like that one of the ladies who helped mm. develop it she's like a, a really good like nlp lady and motivational trainer and her work is uh the, the concepts she teaches are very solid but unfortunately they use it in a way that's it's yeah it's really disturbing it gets talks about it gets really deep yeah but evil they it's hard it it's evil like, yeah, it really is. And it's sad because then people, it leaves more of a negative connotation and stigma with hypnosis and LP. And I'm like, oh, man. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes when their line of, you know, or their yeah line of work, I guess, is uh, besmirched by weird cults. <laughs> <laughs> what other lines of work can be besmirched right. by weird cults? Well, uh... <laughs> Uh, communal farming, like yeah, like I don't know, waiters, <laughs> probably some waiter, like wait staff cults. I don't know, like, <laughs> teachers. Like, I think they get weird. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say besmirched. I feel like there was some stuff like that in that um the new, um, what was the new Ma Charles Manson book called? Uh, what, chaos? chaos yeah yeah that was, that's a great book yeah did you did you happen to read that one or or hear about that one no i'm actually not familiar with it it's um so this guy was he wrote for what like time life magazine yeah one of the big magazines and is that are those those are two separate magazines i think at one point those things were together okay yeah and then they became lifetime right and they said i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> the movie network uh yeah um, yeah, he was like, he had a serialized, um, like thing about Manson and then like he took too long and then they gave up on him and he turned it into a book. Oh yeah. It was supposed to be like the 25th anniversary. He was just supposed to write like a, you know, a short little article and then he yeah. became obsessed with it. But he talks a lot about the, um, the, the programming angle and and sort of like the idea that it was like a psyop and then it, it sort of goes into that like deep um cloudy history in um the bay area at that time and and the infiltration of like um 
ops and stuff like yeah. that. LA too, I think, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, because yeah. there was kind of a some traffic between those two places in terms of the hippie movement. And like the yeah. the clinic that Manson was going to and actually like getting acid from was like funded, <laughs> back channeled through like the CIA. It's it's pretty <laughs> insane. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's fun stuff. Yeah, there's there's some really wild stuff. Um, everybody should definitely check that one out. It's so yeah, f- we should do an episode story. on Manson sometime. Yeah, yeah Chuck, cool. as I like to call him. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I don't like to call him Chuck. Um, <laughs> um, who's have you ever heard of? Um, Jollyon Wilson is that his name? Oh, uh, the, like the, the scientist. Is he the guy that gave the elephants LSD? Yeah. Yeah, that he, guy's messed up. He knocked out an ele- elephant with LSD. Yeah, well, oh. yeah, the whole MK, yeah, the MK Ultra stuff, it's just a bunch of real uh, nice guys doing good things. <laughs> <laughs> there's like an, I guess he like inherited the MK Ultra program, and there's an insane story in the in the Chaos book. Where after Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald, um, he Jollyon Wilson was the. I hope this is his name because if it's not West Jollyon West, yeah, I think that yeah. he has a name before that too. It's like three, if he, he has a. I should we should look this up. A tripartite name. Um, <laughs> Doing a bad job of podcasting if I'm saying yeah. the person's name wrong. West. Uh, it's Jollyon I mean, West. Let's I'm pretty see. sure because I think it's related to Kanye. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jolly and West. Okay, so he he did like this the um, psychoanalysis of Jack Ruby after he shot Lee Harvey Oswald, and after he got out of the prison cell, Jack Ruby was like insane. <laughs> like, Wait, couldn't... didn't he? I can do my. I just wanted to prove that Jews were tough. Yeah, he like oh. he was like <laughs> altered in some way. So they think that yeah. like oh, he was, yeah he was working with them right. Yeah, but I mean, the way that it, it's recounted in the Chaos book is that Jack Ruby was, like, mentally unstable after the interrogation. Mm. So he, like, dosed he him. He gave him uh, did sodium pentothal or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. LSD, weed. Wow. <laughs> Uppers, <Weed>. poppers. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, we're on the back end now. What else? What else should we get into? <laughs> um i would love to talk about so the mind uh the mind body spirit connection and basically whenever we're not clearing out an emotion a trauma it remains in the body and when people experience pain or discomfort it indicates your body is communicating with you and your body is always communicating with you so for example um do you guys have any physical pain or anything like that yes yes (laughs) okay (laughs) Do you mind share? Do you want to? Um, I mean, it's yeah. up to you if you want to share it. Uh, if you wanna... I've been having terrible back pain for the last week. Yeah, the I back. have some pain in my shoulders right now. Shoulders? Yeah. Okay. So for the back, feel free to specify where 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 mm. the discomfort is. Mid, back, uh, like on the left side. Mid back on your left side. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so middle back. Okay, so not upper, not lower, so the middle back, the left-hand side. Okay. Let me read. So the metaphysical cause of that, is it pretty severe? There's just like, you, you just notice some pain. It's not 
it's not severe. Yeah, it's 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 like uh, maybe a three on the on the <laughs> traditional ten scale. Okay, can I read you the metaphysical emotion of that? Yeah, please, please do. Okay, great. So for the middle back, it relates to emotions of feeling unable to escape feelings relating to sadness and depression. Bad times are overshadowing good times. Other needs are more important than your own. Perhaps feeling like you're losing sight of your personal progress, feeling you like you may have no role in life, just missed opportunities. Perhaps you might have had an upbringing filled with a lot of responsibility. Maybe feeling like you're responsible for the well-being of your parents in charge of keeping the peace. And maybe you feel stuck at the bottom of a family ladder or tension in some sort of intimate relationship. A big fear of change, moving away from unhealthy situations, relationships, work matters, and learning to cope in negative and challenging circumstances. Just feeling comfortable with the uncomfort. So you might have found comfort within chaos because changing patterns is seen as a threat to your emotional survival. You may not like changes for which you don't know the outcome. And possible secondary gain of back pain is that you don't need to feel guilty asking for support. And then key points. Discern what is your responsibility and what is not. Perhaps you're getting very energetically involved with the situation that is getting the better of you. Taking on extra burdens. Because the back, it's like we feel like, oh, my pain in my back. Oh, we're carrying all that pressure behind behind mm, the scenes. Yeah. So the back is getting less. Let me know if it yeah. like, resonates with your situation because... Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially the first part. As far, I mean, that's so interesting that there's like the. It's almost like a symbolic relationship of yeah. like using the back to carry like mm-hmm. the weight of, of like life, life events or psychic responsibility, like you know that kind of like, yeah. So that's very interesting. I wonder. Yeah, I would say parts of that definitely uh, do resonate in my current world yeah what's what's um the what's ben's solution for that so knowing you have that physical pain you'll just dive deep into asking a lot of questions within your subconscious like okay i have this pain what is it telling me like communicating with your back and seeing like okay responsibilities weighted down other people like okay and you kind of peel the onions like wait who what is causing what is this causing this trigger physical trigger and then you kind of allow yourself to go into a state of analysis and uh, meditation, kind of asking, hmm, what is, and kind of narrowing down, like analyzing what we do in our day-to-day, what's going on in our lives. Because most people, they kind of operate in the same kind of habits and they're just operating on autopilot. And then kind of asking, hmm, what's going on right now? It's bothering me, upsetting me, or causing me stress. And just kind of pinpointing it deeper and deeper and um, as far as maybe personal, professional, or mm-hmm. even society too, you're caring that you feel have such deep compassion and empathy. You're feeling the pain of other people's struggles as well. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can so clearing out the root. Yeah. And how about, so the shoulder, you said you have just like slight shoulder pain. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Slight shoulder pain. Is it on the right or left side? Kind of in the middle. In the I middle? also okay. slept like for 11 hours well, yesterday. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Again, too, not everything is related to a specific emotional thing, too. Because some people may, might have had they slept wrong or they had surgery or something. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the shoulders, same thing. Weigh, being weighed down by responsibilities, but will, still willing to take on more. Your value might be measured by how much you can do for other people. So sometimes people with shoulder pain, they don't, they may not trust other people to pull through. So you prefer to support others. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it probably doesn't apply to your situation. It's not. You can take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 be determined. Um, yeah. 
What do you What do you make of um, like, our especially, you know, in the U.S. right now, our susceptibility to conspiracy theories and stuff. Oh. <laughs> yes, the conspiracy theory. That's very, very interesting. Like, do you think yeah. that um, it's it's more of something like endemic of, you know, the way our world at this time that people are internalizing things where they think that the world's conspiring against them? Or do you, what, what's your analysis on that? Because I feel like, you know, conspiracy is is now like so so popular there is a whole how do i answer this This i'll get back to you on that (laughs) yeah no worries it's kind of like a big big ask yeah i mean yeah that's yeah that's kind of the yeah it's like we're asking the supercomputer for all the answers right now i know 42 right but yeah it's (laughs) Um, yeah that could be a whole episode really really interesting yeah it's something that i i think we wrestle with a lot because to me there there are obvious instances where it's like yeah that's a conspiracy and then it's like people are conspiring against each other for greed all the time but then sort of the outlandishness of some conspiracy theories at this point are seem like they're more akin to some like aspect of our psychology as opposed to like reality. Yes, I definitely agree. What do you think about um, sort of the, the yearning for like, UFO and alien intelligence disclosure and stuff like that. So in my opinion, when people are into things like that, they, anytime anyone gets into like a subculture of any kind, whether it's like a gardening community or music or whatever it is in the upbringing or society, we may not feel connected to the mainstream. So we find that we feel different. And when we're feeling different, it might bring up feelings of isolation. And there's a deep desire to a yearning to belong. So it brings about, how do I say this? So some people feel it brings a deep sense of community that people are yearning for, but also with alien aspects, it also draws out people who they want to, how do I say this? They want to like they don't feel content being in this like human form or just connecting with humans pure. They have to see something outside of themselves for seeking healing. But at the end of the day, healing, it's never out, outside of ourselves. It's always, always, always deep within. Yeah. That's pretty awesome because um, yeah. we were talking to Joshua Cutchin last week and he, oh. yeah, he was talking about disclosure and he was like, well, the disclosure is basically inside of you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, you said that awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, it's funny that you have to, I mean, he's someone that worked in that field for, for like, you know, pretty long and so intensely. And then you always kind of come back to that realization that uh, like any real truth is going to be found in the self, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. As above, so below. (laughs) 
So below. Yes. <laughs> 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 what is um what does it mean if you have a pain in your pinky toe? Pinky toe. Do you, do you have that right now? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm just curious. I'm curious like what the oddest like you know like I don't know. What what the oddest know. indicators would be like on the body. <laughs> Do you think anybody's ever met, like uh, levitated before? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Because I was reading that um, that John Keel book, The Eighth Tower, and mm. he talks a lot about like yogis um, levitating. It's, well, not a lot. He just like mentions it. Uh, yeah, I think that people have done that. Um, that kind of. I think it's a lot more rare than the people that are trying to like sell sell the system of doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's been done. Yeah. That book's um, good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we should we should do one about that. It's it's I feel like it's Keel at his best. Yeah. He's really he brought the the big bat. <laughs> As opposed <laughs> to the, the small bat. <laughs> small bat, big ball. <laughs> yeah. Or small ball, big bat. Yeah. Um Yeah. So for, um, in general, for any, for any kind of foot discomfort or pain, it's a result of pushing too hard, too often and too fast and all things uh, mental, spiritual, and physical. When your feet are hurting, your your soul is aching for a different foundation and stepping out to the world in a different way. So that's interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, it reminds me so much of, uh, certain approaches to like mythological or like literary, uh, thinking. Like like breaking down things in life into like these like uh, symbolic, meaningful yeah. like units of of meaning. It's it's really uh, yeah. It's kind of like a beautiful way of looking at the world. Definitely, everything is completely intertwined. So. Yeah, yeah. What else do we have? I don't know. <laughs> I see Dave's over here drawing the Joker. What, what else do we got? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not drawing the Joker. It was, no, no, I'm not doodling. It was already in there. It was already <laughs> oh. drawn. <laughs> so, oh, do you guys have any goals or intentions for 2021? Anything that would be ideal in your, uh, that you would like to have in your reality? Mm. Um, what do you? I would like to survive um america and <laughs> and this uh, yeah i would like to just like be comfortable and survive would be nice i want more money yeah more money would be awesome nice excellent so there's this limiting belief in society with money is um, people think that they have to have a job they don't like it they have to work super hard to earn so there's um if we shift our relationship with money think of it as a friend or a, think of it as someone you collaborate with and you can also alter your beliefs where it's like oh okay um clearing out limiting beliefs like oh maybe perhaps it'd be nice to earn more doing what i love mm-hmm. and so yeah it's very powerful so you can i've seen i've seen instances of results of people manifesting increasing their income um new homes new jobs partners whatever they desire to so there are no yeah. limitations in the subconscious mind and the connection with the universe. I guess we should have asked this earlier, but how long have you been practicing hypnotherapy? I've only been practicing it for 
about four years so not that long yeah and do you what kind of like variants do you see in clients like people i guess do you like well i guess maybe i'm i shouldn't ask about how <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm betraying uh like doctor oh, or patient yeah. privilege or whatever but like yeah i'm just curious like the the range of um desires that people have to change in themselves and stuff so i've worked with um, all types of people like all, of all different races socioeconomic status every kind of person age ranges and all that and at the core i've noticed like some patterns at the core of it people want to have a yearning and a strong desire to feel enough like you are enough and you are loved and once we feel that we don't changes will occur like perhaps someone will drink alcohol less as a way as a coping mechanism for stress and depression and we'll when we seek validation and contentness and peace in ourselves then we will feel we'll operate in a high vibration of love and peace so Hmm. it's it all comes back to the same themes i've noticed like it's like love career health love career health and emotional peace yeah yeah have you noticed a, a change um, in like what people want yeah. during this like uh, the the strange year we're having right now with the pandemic? Um, yes, it's more it, it's a lot of it is anxiety and depression and yeah. feeling like okay, what do I do with my life? Because this think of this pandemic as a kind of like a universal pause to stop and really reflect and to shake up like okay what is in your life? Like what is going on? What would you like to change? What would you like to heal? What would, what would you like to be different in your life? So people are kind of wondering like, okay, Ooh, I got laid off or they're kind of like, Oh my God, I'm not, I'm working from home. Like, Whoa, this is like, or they just, they're com- completely out of work. And it's like, okay, now what do I do? Cause mm-hmm. every day we're always inundated with doing, 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 being in traffic, distractions, our phones and being in immersed in work, what deadlines, whatever it is. So we're always in a state of doing. Now we can be a human being. So just being in the moment. And with that, people get, sometimes people freak out. It's like, whoa, what do I really want to do with my life? Or, oh my God, this particular trigger, this trauma is coming back because of this and it's getting activated. So it's making me reflect on something from the past. So it's really fascinating. So Mm -hmm. uh, security, financial security, and a deep release of anxiety and just cultivating that inner peace again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes total sense to me. I, I think that's the kind of stuff I and everyone I know has been kind of uh, not forced to, but been given yeah. been given the opportunity to think about at least. I mean, now things are kind of uh, we've entered a different phase where it's very yes. pe- people are working and everything's in, like insane. So it's a little different. But at the beginning of the pandemic, it definitely felt like that kind of pause. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the the way that America is just structured to gauge um like success and fulfillment and joy just financially probably people probably have so many hang-ups with that and and the lack and stuff yeah definitely definitely and it's forcing a few people to confront like okay it's there's things beyond your yourself and kind of cultivating a sense of caring for humanity, caring for each other, cultivating community as well. And I've seen such wonderful things this year with everyone I know. I'm like, whoa, everyone's stepping up in such a beautiful way, helping other people and thinking about other people. It's really touching. It's really, it's really touching. Hmm. What, what, uh, what's the big finisher here? What should we close (laughs) out with? Um, hmm. 
do you recommend um actually i don't have a question <laughs> do you, what is your favorite ice cream flavor <laughs> uh, i don't i don't have a question good enough to be the last one what, what do you think well can you can you offer some words of maybe i, would, I don't know if i should, words of inspiration sounds cheesy but um maybe some guidance for everybody right now yeah that'd be great because i can't <laughs> So my message to anyone, if this for this year or anything in their life, always know, seriously, you truly can change in an instant. Change happens in an instant. And you always have the capacity to level up and improve anything in your life and cultivate whatever you desire and whatever you are meant to do in life and your life purpose as well. Don't think things are changes. We are always in a, a state of constant change change is the only constant and if there's something you're not happy with in your physical reality just know that you can have the option of changing anything just opening the dialogue with your subconscious mind and tapping into your visualizations your conscious mind doesn't know what's real and what is fake or whatever or what it what it is but just honoring that the universe always has your back the universe is always supporting you and whatever you're going through it is temporary and always just focus on that and Think positive, too, because it's like attracts like as well. And if you don't like what you see, just apply a different strategy as well. So just know that you can cultivate inner peace and whatever you set an intention for. And things will get better. Yes. Oh, I hope so. Having faith. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm, I know that things are going to be great. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. Yeah. We need to like we need to broadcast this message. We're gonna we're gonna get anonymous and just like hack uh, Fox <laughs> Fox News and just play that. They already know that they're gonna be fine. They're like yeah. The, the, well, anyway, you're projecting yeah. thoughts of lack, Ben. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's my. <laughs> well, I get that's about an hour and a half, and that is. That was so insightful and yeah, incredible. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Um, yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, really, I, really fascinating. I feel like I I learned so much. Oh, thank you, thank you. And if anyone has any questions, or if your listeners have a question, they can reach out to me. Um, my Instagram is hypnosis heals. And then if anyone has any questions about anything, I'd be love. I'd be more than happy to talk about it. So. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And is there anything else? Um, hip, is it hypnosisheals.com? Uh, yes. So my, my website is hypnosis-heals.com or my Instagram handle is hypnosisheals. So kind of you. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, we'll send people your way. And thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we hope to have you on again sometime down the road. So we'll bug you with that. Uh -huh. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was really nice. It was, it was, I love it. So I really appreciate both of you for taking the time to conduct this. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Happy to. Um, so that's going to be it for us. Um, we'll be back soon with another episode. Yep. Love and, and light. And just think positive thoughts. Yeah. All right. See you. See you.